I'm Siri Lindley, two-time world champion, author, speaker, animal activist, survivor, and thriver. I have found a way to overcome every challenge and to take the impossible and make it possible. On my podcast, we're going to talk real life. We're going to get vulnerable. We're going to go first. You're not alone in your fears, your doubts, or your worries. The most successful people in the world have them. Stick with me on this journey. I will help you harness your power, claim your magic, and create the life that you dream of. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bedhead Chronicles. I am so excited to introduce my guest today. As you all know, I am a world champion. I love working with world champions. I love creating world champions, and I love learning from world champions. And my guest today, Michael O'Donnell, in my opinion, is the world champion of sales. Michael O'Donnell has sold personally 12 million watts of solar since 2015. He is the number one solar salesperson in the world, which is why I'm calling him a world champion. So Michael, welcome, so thrilled to have you here. What makes you so amazing? Well, I tell you what, uh, for many, many years, I was not amazing, right? I was pretty darn good, right? And uh, so I've been in the sales game for a long time and had a respectable uh, results of, you know, just being a professional salesperson is, is, a, is a big, big accomplishment. Uh, but I also had, you know, expectations. I think I was successful, uh, as most people are at what I would consider to be a pretty crappy goal. <laughs> and what I have found, and especially in the, in the field that I'm in, it's an extremely lucrative field and people can come in and work a tiny bit and make way more than they used to make. And that's what a lot of people choose to do. And it's because the motivation uh, to produce work and to go out and dedicate your stuff usually is, is motivated by what I would call kind of that fire that's about to send your butt. Uh, and where that fire that's about to send your butt comes from is getting evicted. You know, like if you can't pay your bills and, you know, you can't pay the mortgage, then you and your family are getting evicted. They're shutting the credit cards off and it's not going to go well if you don't pay your bills. And that's what drives most people. And so when they get into the solar industry uh, where you can make, you know, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 a week, uh, and, and if you decide to work hard, um, they figure out, well, they really only need to make fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 a month to make more money than they were making before. All of a sudden, they're adjusting and modulating. They used to work 40 hours a week, kind of pushing a mower or being chained to a desk or whatever they were working 40 hours a week um, because they needed that to keep that fire away from singeing their butt. Uh, all of a sudden, they're able to work a handful of hours and make two or three times as much money as they used to, and they end up doing that. So a lot of what I'm doing and, and the book that I wrote, which is called No Matter What, uh, it's about developing a completely uh, different mindset. And in that mindset, we're not trying to keep the fire off of our butt by being able to pay our bills. We're trying to get that same level of desperation by trying to create a seven-figure income. And that's what the book is about. It's no matter what, the, the WATT is an homage to my industry, the solar industry, but it's literally a recipe for a seven-figure income in sales, which is first and foremost about a mindset that says, I'm going to be just as desperate to make a seven-figure income as most people are desperate to keep from getting evicted. 
And it is, it's sort of a Napoleon Hill, think and grow rich mindset that you're adopting to say, wow, um, if I can make this much money making two or three, you know, working two or three uh, presentations a week, why am I not making two or three presentations a day? Wow. Okay. I love this so much because you're so right. Initially, what gets us to move our butts is because, oh my God, if I don't, like, yeah. You're there, goes, there goes everything. Yeah, I'm evicted. I can't feed my family. Everyone's going to leave me. And right. that. The man is going to get you. Man, but so, so, like, what I would call that is, like, forming a why. Like, why does this matter to you? Why do you want to accelerate your growth at this rapid speed? So, yeah. can you share, and I want everybody to go out, buy this book, because I hear it's spectacular. Go buy it no matter what. No matter what. I love the even, title. Even and if it's your a butt recipe. falls off. <laughs> hey, we all love recipes, right? Yeah. So, it's tell recipe. me. And how did you figure out this recipe? So obviously you get out of almost being evicted, being poor, basically, yeah, yeah. to now being, you know, this enormous success. But what keeps you motivated? What keeps you getting out there and doing what needed to be done then? Yeah. Still now. Well, what really happened is I did not create big goals. I find lots of people have big goals and that doesn't have anything to do with their results, right? It has a lot to do with their disappointment in themselves, but it doesn't have anything to do with, they, with what they do every day. What, what has a lot to do with what they do every day is keeping that fire from you know, burning their butt. And that they seem to be very successful at. And so uh, it's, it's literally uh, creating a completely different way of thinking. So I literally am desperate to create an, a, a, a seven-figure income and an eight-figure net worth and what I call a, a nine-figure mindset. And so uh, in the process of, of really developing what it was going to take to be successful in this uh, opportunity, and it really, uh, it was kind of by accident, honestly. So I was uh, able to uh, get away from corporate America. In the corporate America world, I worked for 25 years in sales and I did my quota. I got my thing in. Uh, I was able to mail it in and be one of the guys near the top of the roster. And I was working at maybe 25% capacity. I got into the habit of doing that. But guess where you end up after 25 years of making $100,000 to $200,000 a year? You end up where I ended up, which is about $40,000 in debt. Uh, you got a nice house, but a nice house payment and a nice cars, and nice car payments and a boat with a boat, and a slip payment. And, and you're literally a slave to needing to make this, you know, uh, low six-figure income. Why I thought a low six-figure income was the objective. Like I hadn't retrained and had my brain figure out that what I was trying to do was become financially independent. I was trying to create a seven-figure income, which would lead to an eight-figure net worth, uh, and then a vision of a of a of a nine-figure exit from my career. So I'm on track. I, I have a seven-figure income and has for years and years and years by doing the same thing over and over and over again. And it's not by raising my goals, it's by having a higher floor. And so that, that my butt starts to get singed uh, if I'm not opening up my weekly paycheck and seeing something that looks like $25,000 a week. And, and now that I have an eight figure uh, net worth, why am I not moderating my work level uh, to match the fact that I'm already pretty comfortable? And the reason is, and if you were to follow me around, you would think like if somebody had told me that one of my kids needed an operation, I needed to work at this level to create a hundred appointments between now and the middle of September. 
that or else they would die. Right. Yeah. So I look like someone who's been told that. And you say, well, why? Why is that? Why do you look that way? Uh, you know, I have people mounting interventions to like intervene on me to go, dude, why is this a workaholic thing, a work addiction thing? What's going on here? And it's like, no, you don't understand. I'm desperate to in to continue to re to generate this seven figure income to grow this uh, net worth because I have a nine figure vision of what's going to happen. What's a nine figure vision? A nine figure vision is a hundred million dollar to two hundred million dollar net worth that gives you the ability to have any lifestyle imaginable. Literally, like you can't have a better lifestyle with a billion than you can with uh, 150 million, right? You just can't, you can't spend that much money. Uh, and so that's homes on multiple coasts with, you know, jets and helicopters to get between them and doing anything you can imagine while not invading the capital, right? The hundred million stays invested. That's a legacy. Um, Napoleon Hill talked a lot about the fact that people are, have a huge advantage that are in their 50s. I'm 57 years old. I never worked like this in my 30s and 40s. Why? I was chasing other stuff. You know, I wasn't chasing my legacy. I wasn't chasing my vision and I wasn't chasing an exit. I realized, you know, I'm not going to be, I don't have 25 years to create a legacy, mm -hmm. to create a net worth. I don't have that. I've got about, you know, I've got somewhere between five and 10 years to get this done. And I really do because I've trained my brain to think that I'm one of the guys that's going to exit his career with a nine figure net worth. Like I got a lot to do, man. Like I can't get enough done. There's not enough hours in the day. I wake up in the middle of the night thinking about stuff I need to do. I got a pad by my bed. You know, I'm, I'm literally got multiple jobs and multiple careers going uh, at the same time. I've got my, I own a solar company. That's a big enough job for most people. In addition to owning a solar company, and it's one of the top solar companies in the United States, I'm also the number one salesperson in the United States. I sell more solar than any other individual oh uh, in the space. And then on top of it, you know, I'm an author now and have training platforms and all this other stuff. So I have a lot to do, right? And it doesn't matter that I have a, an eight figure net worth at this point. I've got a lot to do, not enough time to do it. And that's what I would look like if you were following me around. Okay, so first of all, this is mind blowing, like mind blowing. <laughs> um, these numbers are just, you know, crazy. But in that, so, so much of this, I can relate to when I was racing triathlon, that, that yep. desperation, yep. like I yep. need to get faster, you I need it. to get stronger, I need to get better, I need to be, and it's all you think about, you're eating, you're sleeping, you're living it in every single moment. So I totally feel that. But for me, like, I remember I got to a point and it's like, you know, I can't keep doing this. Like, like, and, and granted it was very physical, which took a toll. But how do you, in that, in that desperation, in that, you know, mission and purpose, can you still find moments of joy? Do you, do you still find moments where you sit and are present to look around and say, wow, look what I've created. And I'm super happy and I'm sharing this, like, like, do you allow yourself those moments to just be present with the amazingness you've created around you? Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I hate to keep mentioning the same guy, but Napoleon Hill wrote another book later I love called him, Peace of Mind, yeah. uh, you know, to think and grow rich with peace of mind, to find peace in the middle of that is the ability to structure your day so that you have the habits where you do appreciate your life. You do take a moment to uh, take in. You know, you'd want to, I'm not the right person to ask. People ask me questions like, 
how do you uh, attain all this and have a work and life balance? I'm like, dude, I'm the wrong person to ask that question. <laughs> My question is how out of balance can you be and not lose the other stuff that's important to you? And you have to be thinking about that. So, you know, my mantra every single day as I get up in the morning, which I say out loud with my uh, with my wife, Marsha, every single day, we're reprogramming. We're, this is happening for us because we've reprogrammed our brain. We continue to revise that, you know, that chief main objective, that uh, that vision of ourself. You know, like I can see a fully staffed yacht in the Mediterranean that my wife and I spend a good part of a year on that you don't get to have unless you really have a nine figure exit. You're not you're not peered and, you know, you're not. You're not tied off in Monaco unless you really have a nine-figure uh, net worth with a yacht with a you know helicopter on and stuff. That's just not happening if you don't have that. I can see it, I can feel it, I can taste it. I'm moving towards it, we're doing that together, and that means I am out of balance. I am working at a level that most people don't. Uh, does that mean I'm missing out on my life? No. Like every time I raise this to another level, I find more joy. I find more fulfillment. Because when I'm working at my potential and I'm doing the things like there's nothing I would enjoy more than being with you on this podcast talking about this. And I get to do that. So this isn't a takeaway from something else I'd rather be doing. This is what I want to be doing. Okay. I love this so much. And so basically, I mean, you think about, well, what fills you up? Are you taking time to fill yourself up? What I'm hearing is your work, what you do, your mission, your purpose, that fills you up. That's yes. what's giving you the energy. And that, to me, I think is something that we all strive for. And that is finding a career or a job or a way of living that truly it's not work. It doesn't feel right. like work because it fills you up. Is that is that fair to say? And, and It is. And I didn't know how to do that. I had to work with people like yourself who help others become champions in areas that I wasn't good at, you know, so... I'm really talented and gifted in some ways, and I'm super deficient in others. Like I'm an ADD, you know, nightmare in so many uh, different ways. And to be able to focus and be able to incorporate others. Uh, one of my coaches is Coach Michael Burt, and he and I have spent a lot of time. I've been in a lot of his classes and stuff. He was the one that said, dude, you can't be a person of influence if you don't write a book. So did you start writing a book yet today? Okay, so that's why, like, I guess I got to write a book. How do I make time to write a book? His thing is about intentional convergence, right? To make all these things, not many people would try to do a lot of the things that I'm trying to do simultaneously, but for me, they're all intentionally converging at the same time. So for me to be the owner of a solar company and one of the best solar guys on the planet and be doing these industry things, they're all working and dovetailing together. One is feeding off the other, off the other, off. So for me, recruiting is not, you know, recruiting is a big deal when you're in sales. I'm a VP, of, I'm the VP of sales for my company. For me, recruiting is the opposite of hard work. It's I'm inundated. I'm deluged uh, with people who are like, I want to make a million dollars. I work for a different solar company. I want to come work for the guys that, you know, I'm super proud. This company, Sun Solar Solutions, is my solar company. Uh, there's a big industry conference every year. It's called Door to Door Con. Uh, last year, there were 26 people on stage that won an award for selling one million watts of solar in a year and me and my partner both sold like two and a half million watts of solar so we're like what that doesn't even make sense and more importantly and something i'm even more proud of is that there were six people on stage uh seven if you include a guy who's not with us anymore who all came up through sun solar worked for wow. sun solar learned how to do this with my training this by the way is sales training it's my story it's what i do but it's also 
a recipe. It's an actual recipe for, you know, how do you create a seven figure uh, income in, in sales? So I have uh, six of the 24 people, like 25% of the industry award winners work uh, at my company doing this job. That's a, you know, to me, that's something I'm super proud of. It means we've been able to make this repeatable and be able to teach people how to do it. And I don't need to, because I'm doing all these things, I don't need to really recruit. People come to me and are going, hey, I want to be on that stage with you. Yes. you know, I, want, I want to be part of that. So uh, that's yes. what I call, and that's what my coach, Michael Burke, calls intentional convergence, intentional congruence. I love it. And how much of your pride and satisfaction and fulfillment in the work you do is Number one, knowing that you are mentoring, basically, you're mentoring all these people that want to come work with you, but also you're in, uh, you know, solar is something that is going to save our planet. I mean, I feel yeah. that's just my opinion, but so how could you feel? Oh my gosh, every single day. Yeah. yeah. The fact that I get to sit with folks and number one, like, so the planet is facing an existential threat, right? The last time we faced an existential threat, um, John F. Kennedy said, we need to put a man on the moon by the end of the decade. And that was in 1960. Like we didn't have an electronic calculator yet. That was like, that was science fiction. It wasn't like, oh, we can do this. It was like, dude, you're like, you're like weirded out here. This isn't going to happen. There's, there's no, there's no chance humanity has a man on the moon and not, that's not happening. And, uh, and yet we needed to do that to solve an existential threat. The existential threat was nuclear war with Russia. And it wasn't about the photo op of Neil Armstrong stepping off a ladder onto the surface of the moon. It wasn't about that um, photo op. It was about being able to take a nuclear warhead and transfer it on an intercontinental ballistic weapon to get to do that first to solve this existential threat. And we did it by July of 1969. Neil Armstrong was stepping off of that ladder and saying one small step for man, right? Well, we have an existential threat now and it's even bigger unless this getting to the other planets works good because we're screwing the pooch. We're messing up this planet. That's what the astronaut, guy, astronaut guys called it. Like you can't mess up the lunar lander. You can't mess up the thing. We got to get back to earth. Do not screw up. Do not screw the pooch. So yeah. this is it. This is all we got. We got one planet unless Elon Musk gets us that uh, Mars uh, shuttle or something like that. We cannot screw this up. Um, climate change, pollution, doesn't matter what you call it. Digging stuff out of the ground and lighting it on fire to fuel our cars and our homes. It's an awful, horrible idea. It's barbaric it's medieval and yet we haven't changed what we've been doing since we circled around campfires um, to stay warm and now it's time to change that and not only that the government has decided we're going to change it yes. uh, we've signed a commitment called the paris climate accord that says we will cut our emissions in half by the end of the decade does that sound familiar right yeah. we're facing an existential threat that's our moonshot our moonshot is to cut our emissions. And guys, it's like, we already have all the technology. Like we could just like cover up the state of Nevada with solar panels and we would be there. So it's not like we, it's not like we didn't have a way to get to the moon and we had to invent it. We could do this. It's just a matter of finding the will and creating the incentives. So today is a, is a, a watershed day in our history as humans, as uh, people in the solar industry, we're gonna hear today that the Congress is passing a bill happens to be called, I don't know if you like the name or not, the Inflation uh, Reduction Act of 2022, but that bill has $400 billion in it 
for renewable energy. Oh. And by the way, it has another $400 billion in revenue, right? We're going to pay for that $400 billion, right? Well, that $400 billion is going to take every single family in America is going to get thousands, tens of thousands of dollars to subsidize their yes. move to renewable energy. It's, a, it's just this incredible uh, situation now. So people are able to go solar without spending any money. Why? Because it's zero down. Why is it zero down? The government's going to give them a ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollar down payment to do it, and then the monthly payment on the solar system is literally fifty to hundred bucks less than they're already paying. Let alone, oh, how much more does it cost to have your own power plant instead of being a renter of the utility company's power plant? No, it doesn't cost more. It costs less. Why? Because it is an existential threat. It is a national priority. It is now a huge act that's going to pass today with hundreds of billions of dollars but wait that's the good news <laughs> that's not why people are going to go renewable they're going to go renewable because of the other half of the bill the 400 billion dollars is going to come from taxing fossil fuels so I, and i'm sure some people are going to hear me talk about that and not feel like that's a hallelujah moment but that's coming guys we're going to tax fossil fuels to absolute utter death so by the end of the decade people are not going to go solar because there's this huge incentive plan and they're going to get $10,000, $20,000 from the government for doing it. They're going to go solar because the cost of their electric is going to go from yeah. 20 cents to a buck. Yeah. And that's how we got rid of cigarettes, right? So cigarettes were determined to be this huge drain, right? It was an existential threat to humans individually, but it was also a big drain collectively. So the government said, we got to get rid of these cigarettes things. So they came up with this great incentive plan. The incentive program was written right on the side of the label. I don't know if you remember, it's still yeah. there, I think. It said, hey, if you quit smoking these things, you get to live an extra five, 10, or 20 years. Not only that, the last year or two, you won't be on chemo sucking out of an oxygen. Right. Yeah. In the history of incentive plans, I would say that one ranks up pretty high. <laughs> Definitely. And, and, and of course, it was so good that everybody quit smoking in the 60s, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, wait nobody quit smoking in the 60s right my parents smoked three packs oh, of cigarettes a day packs with two packs hands. a day yes yeah my mom used to be smoking with one hand driving with her elbow and hitting kids in the back seat that weren't wearing a car seat right and let alone a seatbelt or a car seat so times have changed they've seriously changed uh but now what's going to happen is that did not incentivize people to quit smoking what qu made them quit is it went from 60 cents yeah. to six dollars a pack yeah. All of a sudden, everybody's quitting smoking left and right for their health. Now it's like $10 a pack and someone's got to be like some kind of like, what is going on with you that you're paying, you know, $20 a day to kill yourself? What's happening with this? Yeah. So that's the same thing that's happening here. We're literally going to the government is thrilled that gasoline is four or $5 a gallon. They're thrilled because A, it's going to raise a lot more revenue for them because they get a percentage of that five bucks, right? They're not telling you that, right? Oh, no, the gas prices are up. Well, they're up, their revenue's up, taxes are up, everything's up. But also it falls right into their hands of having us use less gasoline. Are you going to buy a gigantic Suburban when it's $5 a gallon? Or are you going to find some kind of hybrid, little less small as SUV as you can afford, whatever? So that same thing is happening with electricity. They're going to tax fossil fuels utterly and literally to death. That's how they're going to pay for this $400 billion. And on top of that, you know, the price of fossil fuels has been doubling about every 15 years just with normal inflation. We don't have normal inflation right now, by the way. We have the craziest, most abnormal inflation we've seen. It's unprecedented. We're comparing it to 40 years ago, but that's just because it was unprecedented then. What we're having now 
is literally going to burn families' finances to the ground, literally to the ground, unless we fix it. How do we fix it with higher interest rates? You know, it's a painful, painful uh, way to solve a huge problem. But when people look at the fact that they're spending three to $5,000 a year on energy for their home, and they can cut that in half with solar, but more importantly, lock in the cost so that it never goes up a dime. Oh, and by the way, pay it off so that it goes to zero. It's like having a used car payment. You pay 160 bucks a month for solar and that 160 bucks is paying the solar system off. So yeah, yeah, you're saving hundred bucks a month. That's nice. That's not the big deal. The big deal is you're not gonna go from 200 a month to 400 a month in just the next few years and probably 600 a month by the end of the decade. That's how we cut our emissions in house. We just triple the price of everybody's electric bill and you know, people will go, so you won't even need a salesman like me to convince yeah. you to do it. Just go, oh my God, it's killing me. And, and I think, I mean, for me, cause it matters to me. It's like, Hey, I'm doing something good for our planet. Like that, that matters to me. And I would think of that too. I don't know if everybody does, but, um, wow. It's that is my just... people are signing on the dotted line for no, sales, that's right. but it should be. And it without the subsidy, I'd be saying to you, hey, look, solar and your utility cost the same amount. Sign here. Don't you want to help the planet? And a lot of people would do it, but most people won't. Yeah. Because of the government program, it's now like, hey, it costs a lot more not to go solar. Shouldn't right. you go solar? They go, yeah, 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 I should go solar. But it's it cannot be understated. So uh, you're talking like 20,000 pounds of emission per year per home. Oh per God. year per home. And that's not even the tip of the iceberg. The real issue, at least for me in Arizona, is water. We live in a desert. Like water is a restraining issue, right? Right. Uh, How many people can live in Arizona has to do with the water. And every single home that converts to solar enables us to keep a quarter of a million gallons of water per year in the ground or in the reservoir or in the Colorado River, wherever that water is coming from, we now need a quarter of a million gallons of water less every single year. It's like seven, eight million gallons. That's amazing. I had no idea about that. That's epic. That is epic. That is epic. Okay, Michael, I know that you've mentored a lot of kids, I've heard. (laughs) Share a little bit about that. Kids meaning 18, 20 years old. Yeah, I call them kids. Yeah, I call them kids too. I call them kids too. But tell me a little bit about that and- and What does that mean to you? Like, why is that so satisfying? I actually have a, a reality TV show coming out this fall about uh, the no matter what kids, the one they moved to Arizona, they want to learn how they all just graduated from uh, high school in Idaho. And they're like, we're coming to Arizona. We're going to learn from the number one solar guy. Their leader called me up and we got an Airbnb and moved him down here. It was kind of like Jersey Shore meets solar uh, <laughs> for a whole awesome summer but all of those kids learn how to do a very valuable skill i tell you what i don't know how grateful i could possibly be more than i am now for having learned at their age 19 years old how to knock on a door and say hey is there any chance you'd give my company a shot at uh, taking a look at a quote uh, to buy our product like dude that's the highest paid skill on planet earth and you need about one day's worth of training to do it and then a lot of encouragement <laughs> and yes. a lot of a lot of mentoring because it's a brutal and difficult thing to get yourself to do. It's like when most people think about knocking on a door and saying, hey, I'm in this business. Would you consider giving my company a shot? Can I leave you a card? Is there any chance you'd have me back to show you uh, a presentation about what my company does and what our product does? And that can apply to any product in any sort of 
you know, I did that for many, many, many years in the B2B space. Instead of knocking on a homeowner's door, I was calling on the, you know, I was calling on the CIO or the VP of telecom. I was selling IT and telecom uh, products and services. And it was the same thing. I had to get past the gatekeeper and get to the decision maker and make an appointment. It's exactly the same thing in any possible business. And what you're really trying to teach people to do is have an understanding of one, how to do it. But again, I can just say, go up to that door, knock on them, ask them if they would let you give them a free quote for solar. And if they say yes or no, understand you got paid the same amount of money. Because in sales, people think they're getting paid. For, uh, they're getting paid for the yeses. They think, oh, I'm God's gift to closing and I'm the best closer on the world. Well, about a third of the people you present stuff to, if they're interested and in the right market, about 20 to 30% of them are going to buy it, no matter how good or bad you are. The hard part is getting in front of them and creating the appointment for the presentation. That's what we taught those kids to do. They made tons and tons and tons of money. But more important than that, they now have a life skill. Like no one could ever tell me I don't have a job. I could leave this job and say right in the middle of my sales career, I did. I got laid off from a big company and they ushered us into a room and said, oh, by the way, we have this outplacement firm and you're going to go and learn how to do your resume. It was part of getting laid off. They had this outplacement firm. I'm like, well, dude, I already got a job. Like I saw the pink slip in the paper in the morning. And uh, by noon, I had two or three different jobs, right? There's always a massive demand for people who can move the needle on revenue in a company. Like you just walk into any company and say, you know, I had, I know how to sell stuff and I'm pretty good at it. And I think I could, you know, increase your revenue and your sales and be like, dude, you're hired. Like you don't need to worry about having a job or providing for your family. If, if you have the guts to do what we're talking about, which is knock on doors and say, Hey, would you give my company a shot? Could I possibly show you a quote in a presentation. If you have the guts and the courage to do that, doesn't take a lot of skill. Honestly, like I have people doing it within hours of coming into the solar industry. They're on a door going, hey, I don't know much about solar, but we'll be happy to get your free quote. Would you take a look? That's a brutally difficult thing to get yourself to do. It's yeah. the simplest thing in the world to pull off, but to get yourself and project your butt onto that door and knock on that door, what I have to deal with and have to teach people how to overcome. And I do that by having a call every single morning from eight to eight 30, I have a call just like this, where we're talking about getting our face bashed in the day before. How do we get going today, moving past that refocusing on that annual amount of money that we're trying to make, letting that motivate ourselves, yeah. but getting to a point where we understand that getting told no is a revenue source. Like if I knock on 20 doors, there's impossible to knock on 20 doors without having one person say, yeah, I'd take a look. I mean, why not? It's free. It's a free design. Go ahead, knock yourself out. Show me what you guys got. So one out of 20, if you're new, for me, about one out of seven, right? I talked to seven homeowners and one of them was like, you know, and I can overcome their objections. I'm better at this than someone who's starting this, let alone being the best guy, uh, you know, in the country at it. So it's about one out of seven. That means I'm getting told no six times. To have one person say, okay, I'll take a look, right? That means that what I'm getting paid for is not that one. Yes, I'm getting paid for seven conversations. They all pay the same. For me, I get paid about $500 every time somebody says, you know, no, thank you. And that's where this no comes through. The sun's coming through. All the power of the universe and sales comes through the word no. We're scared to death of it. We're avoiding it. We're not doing our job because we're nauseous about it. If we can turn it around and understand that that's what we're getting paid for, dude, if we were in a truck 
and you pointed at a guy in his driveway and, you know, we're wrenching on his truck and say, hop out there and ask him if he wants a solar quote, get him to say no and come back here. And I'm going to hand you $500. You know, would you do that? Sure. Why? Why Could you not? get yourself to not do it? I'd be like hustling out, got to know. Absolutely. $500. That's actually what's happening but the human mind doesn't perceive it that way. So it's a matter of reorienting the mind, teaching the brain what the money's for and making you want the money and understanding the money is for just having the guts to be told no. But you know, the, the reality is that's a lot like going, I talk to when I'm recruiting people and they go, I wanna make a million dollars. Well, let me tell you why this is really hard. It's really hard because that day feels like going to a dance and asking 30 people to dance and 28 of them said, no, you're ugly. Yes. You'd be like, that's devastating, man. That's a horrible amount of rejection to incur in one day. However, and I was that guy. I was, you know, I asked every girl in the junior high to dance and, you know, was happy that two <laughs> or three said yes or whatever. But you know what? Not one of them really ever said, no, you're ugly. Right. Some of them might have said, no, thank you. And you heard no, you're ugly, right? And yes. you didn't want to hear that. And so you didn't ask the girl you wanted to dance. You didn't ask her to dance. Why? You didn't want to hear, no, you're ugly. She would have never in a million years said that. Mm -hmm. You knock on a homeowner's door and they say, no, thank you. You hear, get off my lawn. And that's not what they said. They yeah. said, I'm, oh, you're trying to find out if I'm a yes or a no. And here's the result. I'm a no. Thank you very much. Boom. I got the $500. So if I can understand, it's like going to that dance. The two people who said yes, right? And you danced with them and one of them became the love of your life for the next three weeks. If you looked at it from that perspective, you might go, wow, that dance thing was pretty good. I should go to another dance. And okay. so it's a matter of it. perspective and turning it around. It's a perspective and it's the meaning you give it, right? Because whatever meaning you give it, that's what you're going to see. That's what you're going to hear. That's what you're going to experience. But it's like, hey, this is taking me one step closer to that yes. So it's taking me one step closer to multiple yeses at some point. Yes. So, wow, this is such great advice, not just for sales, but I think for life. And I especially love that example of the dance and how 28 people, 28 women said no, but one of them may end up being the love of your life forever. Right. So I love this so much. What is your legacy now what is your legacy now what do you want it to be in the future what i know you talk about this incredible life that you can live with your wife and and that is just so obviously inspiring to keep you going but what at the end of your days 100 years from now what is going to matter most to you I have kind of a five-year perspective. I don't have a hundred years to live. You know, I've got- Well, I'm giving got, you a hundred. I'm giving- about five to seven years that I still want to be actively involved. And, and, yeah. and so we were just talking about, I really feel like I found my mission. I really do. I think yes. the world converting over to renewable energy is, uh, is why I'm on this planet. And, yes. you know, I, I spent a lot of years not doing that and I'm, I'm glad I found it. But there are 3 million homes in the United States that are solar. We need to get that to 30 million homes by the end of the decade. So we got a 10x what we've already done. So, you know, I see myself helping literally an army of people find the, the Green New Deal economy and Green New Deal jobs, which take a lot of guts because the, the job I'm talking about is a 1099 straight commission job. In other words, a job your grandma would say, when are you going to quit that door knocking thing and get a real job, right? People who have real jobs that make $80,000 are not going to pay their bills anymore. 
How are they going to transition out of an 80K job and get into a quarter of a million or a half a million dollar job? 20% of the people that work for me make a half a million dollars a year just doing what I tell them to do. Guys, that's a that's a life-changing amount of money, let alone if you end up being a champion and are doing a seven-figure income, which is just as possible. It's just a different amount of work. And so that is a possibility. So I see myself leading literally legions of people uh, into a green new economy with a, a new kind of gig, a gig that doesn't have a floor, man. It has a... It, you know, most people are working to that floor. They won't take a job unless the, the company tells them, no matter how terrible you are, you cannot make less than $700 a week or $1,000 a week. And it takes a massive amount of courage to take a job where the minimum you could make in a week is zero. But because of that, you're making three or four times as much money. And when you take a sales job that comes with a salary, <laughs> Uh, you know, I, we, we, we see these people in these corporate America jobs and they're in sales and they got a 60K, 80K, 100K, whatever that K uh, salary is. Dude, you're re you are giving up two thirds of your earnings for that minimum amount. And it does take some courage. It takes some belief in yourself to take a risk and take a job where you're making all of the money associated with the value of a sale. What the Fortune 500 are good at and corporate America is good at is retaining most of the value of your sale for their shareholders, which is what they should be doing. And if they're the ones putting out the risk, that return belongs to them. It's just and right. But if you're willing to take the risk and you're the one that's willing to put something on the line, then you deserve the value of the work that you're doing and you deserve the lion's share. You deserve the lion's share of the money, but you can't have the lion's share and then live like a lamb. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Wow. Oh my God. Such amazing advice. Last question for you, Michael. If, if you're, you, you have this recipe, right? I want to take this recipe as far as you, the man, you, the Michael O'Donnell, what is the most important ingredient that makes you this amazing recipe that you bring into the world every single day? Most so a, a willingness to learn. So what yeah. separated me from a lot of people, I was pretty good at this. I was doing it. I went to the conferences. I went to the door-to-door -door con. I, listened, I didn't know how to knock doors. I've been on the phone setting appointments since I was 12, but I didn't know how to knock doors. It was a willingness to learn and a, and a, and a fierce desire to shortcut years out of the process of learning it by myself. And so that's what I'm doing every single day in my MOD sales academy. People spend like eight hours with me, with me telling them everything I've sold, you know, a thousand, 12, I've sold 1200 of these and I've learned a lot selling 1200. Plus I was taught how to do it. And that was one of the things that I brought into the solar industry. I started selling solar in 1983 when I was in college. And I ran into some tin men that knew how to sell home improvement by getting to the kitchen table, knocking on a door. And then once they were at the kitchen table, getting the customer to buy today. The big problem that I just shared with you about solar is that when companies, I'm sorry, when homeowners look at it, they're absolutely positively sure they should do it. But they don't want to do it today. They want a couple of days to think about it. Yeah. They want to sleep on it. And then it never ends up happening. And so I was lucky and fortunate 
to find some guys that sold aluminum siding for 30 years and they started selling solar and they knew this process. And so I've been able to teach that to thousands and thousands of people uh, in my training academy, MOD Sales Academy. It's like a Netflix binge. And uh, about six, eight hours later, you'll know everything that I know. And then the book version, uh, which is no matter what, right? This is the book version of that same knowledge. So you know, to be able to acquire that knowledge, like I went out and acquired that knowledge and then not banging your head, being humble and saying, you know, I might be pretty good at this, but I'm not the best at it. Mm. And maybe I want to find the guy who is the best at it and learn from him or go work for him or, you know, whatever. There's a lot of different ways to get that uh, information, but a willingness and a humbleness to say, I, I want to learn how to do that. I would say that's the, that's the reason why I'm here instead of, you know, way, way, way further back from here. Amazing. And I totally agree. I think that's the same in any pursuit. So Michael, how can people learn from you, follow you, celebrate with you? What's the best well, way? For one thing, they'll be able to see your and I's conversation here on my social media, which is Michael O'Donnell sales, all one word. It works on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. I'm a big TikTok guy now. How did that happen? I don't know. Oh, I awesome. learned, I asked somebody, how do you become big on TikTok? So I put something on TikTok, I get 12,000 uh, views. I'm like, what's going on here? Oh. Uh, but anyway, so Michael O'Donnell Sales is the social media and there's lots of podcasts where we're talking about this. Uh, guys from industry stuff where we get into some of the more granular stuff. I've, I'm on YouTube as well. You'll see me talking on stages and stuff. And then you can also go to my website, which is modsalesacademy.com. And there's the actual training platform. And if you're wanting to know and want the exact recipe and, and spend the next six to eight hours with me one-on-one, -on -one, me telling you exactly how to do this. Uh, you can find that there. It's super, super inexpensive and very, very effective. Amazing. Thank you for being such a legend on this show. Um, I think people are going to learn so much from your perspectives and your, the, the way you do things. But I also thank you for really, truly making a difference for our planet with the work that you do. You thank inspired you. me to no end today. I thank you, Michael. Keep shining your light. Keep digging deep. Keep, and just, I can't wait. I want a postcard from that yacht in Monaco with you and your wife. I want a postcard. I'll be having a mastermind on that yacht. Intentional okay. convergence. And, and you're on the invited list. <laughs> well, okay, great. Well, I'd rather that than the postcard. Yeah. That's fantastic. I can't wait. Thank you so much, Michael. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Bedhead Chronicles. You're all amazing. Let's go make it an incredible day. Thank you for listening and sharing this precious time with me. Please remember to subscribe and to leave me a review. You can find me on Instagram at Siri Lindley, Facebook Siri Lindley, and Twitter at Seltz, S-E-L-T-S. You can also reach me via email at info at Have an amazing day and shine on.